Off top. While Haiti is regarded as the site of the only successful enslaved Black revolution, they were not accepted into the international community until they agreed to repay France for the financial costs of losing a lucrative free labor colony. As a result, Haiti has remained in debt and has never been able to build a fully functioning state. The only Haitian leader who attempted to address the unjust history was deposed in the early 1990s with the assistance of France and America. So was it actually a successful revolution? Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Nothing to say, Charlie. No, I, no chuckle, no thing to that one. No, I don't think time. you realize that I, I was a history major in college and did a oh. ton of Caribbean and Latin American history. Wrote a wrote a thesis on economic development in the Dominican Republic and Cuba. Dominican Republic shares a lot of economic stuff with Haiti on that island. Um, so, yeah, I was up on that one. The DR is actually like a lot more like advanced and financially stable in part because well in large part because of like the double debt that the was forced onto the Haitian people for the horrible crime of freeing themselves from slavery it's kind of a wild story and like we just talk about um the some of the I, I mean I guess the the point there is like one is Black History Month and I realized that I should probably not do weird animal facts for Black History Month. So have a little transatlantic slave trade for you. But two, like we don't, it's probably true of people in the same way it's true of governments is we don't know how places or people end up how they are. And I think the assumption when we have like Haitian immigrants is like the assumption is it's a failed state because of corruption and mismanagement. And it's probably true of a lot of um, failed states is that it's actually not always or or... It's it's easier. It's a much more complicated story than the ones that we want to tell. And I think that's true of like someone who's huge, uh, individual who's hugely successful or individual who's like in jail. And it's probably a lot more to this story than just like you you lack the fortitude or the like responsibility to get it done. I don't know. I get older and I I don't know. You meet more people, you see more things, you read more and everything's not as simple as it is in the movies, as we like to say, we like to oversimplify things like this guy's a bad guy, particularly in sports. That's the best transition I got for you is we do that a lot in sports. I think is we like, this guy's not good enough and he's a bad person or he did this thing. It makes him terrible and we root against them and we hate them, but it's not always that simple. So you lied to me and said, there's so much to talk about this week. So before we get to it, before I test you, because I don't feel like there's that much interesting stuff to talk about. Before I test you, let everybody know there's an awesome roses and thorns at the end of this. So if you uh, stick around for that, you will be pleased. All right, Charlie. Well, now I just want to do a full podcast on Tucson Loverture and his oh, impact. I think his middle name is Dominique, I believe, by the way. I think it is. Check check that out. Also, incredible curl you got there. It's giving real Clark Kent vibes. It's incredible. This is no, no product. This is all natural. <laughs> yeah, his, it is. Do, it is Dominique. It's his I told name. you. I told you. I, my, my mom did not name me after him, but I mean, I think she technically, I guess, didn't name me after anyone, but she liked the name Dominique because Dominique Wilkins was the human highlight and 
she said she didn't name me after him, but that's where she heard the name first. And it's a French name. So there's that. I mean, we can do a whole history podcast. Like, I, I'm fine with it. And then we'll just wait. I'll, I'll um, ignore the emails of the producers and executives that hate it. So uh, how about this is a good tease. Sometime in March or April, when we have very little to talk oh, about. And yeah. The doldrums of the season. We will go on a, uh, a you know, deep dive of the Haitian yeah. revolution. I, for, I forgot you're actually a producer at heart. You're not a rebel like me. <laughs> you more than anyone can't can't take the idea that we're not going to talk sports. Well, let's 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 also be be fully transparent about this. That's probably a pro- podcast we should prepare for more than I prepare for today. One hundred percent. All right, that's fair. Good good producing, Charlie. So, how about this? I texted you a lot of ideas that range from very bad to kind of bad to maybe interesting. Let's just be transparent. I can read those those ideas okay. one by one. If you got something on it, let's go for it. Otherwise, we can we can toss it into the trash. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical Fruit finished, shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Okay, first one. This is actually just what I, I, I texted you. List of hottest QBs. Dash. Is Joe Burrow hot or cool? I thought about this initially because, you know, Jalen Hurts has got to be the hottest good quarterback since Mm -hmm. Tom Brady um, because Jimmy G was just a hot, okay quarterback at best. Um, And then it got me thinking about Joe Burrow because everyone's like, ooh, I love Joe Shiesty. That guy's so suave. And I I think he's just cool, not hot. Did you expect that to start our Super Bowl podcast? I, I did not, but I'm all in for it. So I'm fine with it. I, I think you know me well enough to know that this is not going to make me uncomfortable. It might make some of our listeners uncomfortable. But there's a one of the cool things, I guess not cool, but one of the benefits of being a man, and your attractiveness is not, it's disproportionately about other things other than looks. I found that to be my experience in life. You get a lot hotter as a man when you do certain things. You honestly, confidence is what it comes down to, at least been in my experience. It's like if it is confidence that is real and it and it comes off as genuine and it's not fake, like you go a long way. And I think that's Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow is cool as like this is what it all boils down to. Like I'm I'm an old man and he like his coolness crosses all like demographics so everyone can appreciate it because there are some players who are obviously cool to young people that I'm like, oh, no, nah, that, that ain't it. Like, I think DK Metcalf was wearing that. I had that pacifier and I just remember thinking that ain't it. But he wears it every week and he's awesome. And I'm sure that there are lots of high school kids who got a DK pacifier because that's cool. So DK is obviously cool. I'm obviously not. But Joe Burrow just gives off this confidence that the the. Um, the challenging thing about uh, celebrating Joe Burrow's cool is it's a cool that the mainstream has never really accepted until Joe yeah. Burrow started doing it. You know, like this cocky, arrogant, like there's so many other players that I feel like you would hear, you ain't won nothing yet. 
But for some reason, we all are fine. And like, I, I'm not asking people to back up off of that. I like it. I would like to continue to encourage genuine personalities. But Joe Burrow is the first guy who feels feels like it's getting universal support for being cocky quarterback guy. I, I got to say, though, he he got to people. He got to have to eat a little bit of crow last week with uh, everyone loving Pat Mahomes Sr. with smoking on that Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. And stuff like great. people are taking pleasure in the fact that he lost. Really? And got to beat him. I think so, because I think that's okay. I think because he's still confident. It's not like people like hate Joe Burrow, but they're like, there you go. You, you talk <laughs> yeah. to shit, better be able to take the hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Jalen Hurts, I would say. Just from like. Just raw attractiveness, like I think he's by far. Like, mm-hmm. I think Jalen Hurts, women appreciate Jalen Hurts. And he looks like an R&B. Well, yeah, like he just gives off lead singer, R&B group. And he is also that confidence and coolness. And like moms of, ki- at, moms of kids at my kid's school, like talk about Jalen Hurts. Like, who's that guy? Who's the Philly quarterback? It's- that happened with, with Carrie, my fiance. He took, <laughs> off, he took off his helmet on the sideline and she was like, that's Jalen Hurts. <laughs> He's so pretty. And then I, I looked at her and me being my, my doughy pasty self, I was like, you've only ever said that about Cam Newton and Jalen Hurts. This isn't looking good for me. <laughs> well, you better hurry up and, uh, and get to the courthouse and get this done. But before uh, a light skinned brother comes up to your front door with six pack abs and says, hey, Carrie, how you doing? Exactly. All right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I actually find that that topic kind of interesting and entertaining. And um, yeah, Jalen Hurts, I think is it it jumps off the screen, even if. But I think honestly, for all football players and people who watch football, like it's not the first thing that comes to your mind. But you do hear the way people react to him. And you said Tom Brady, like I I never got that vibe about women talking about Tom Brady. Yeah, or or men or anybody like. Just, Boston dude, you didn't hang out with enough dudes from New England. Boston uh, dudes loved to like say how handsome Tom Brady was. Oh, really? Um, but, but should we talk about the thirst strap for a second was, while we're here? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, he's handsome as a like this goes yeah. back to my first point. He's handsome because he's good as hell at football. But anyway, yeah. Why is he on the internet trying to sell underwear like this? This man is close to getting his AARP card, and he is posting. Sitting on a bed in a condo in Miami where his, first of all, I don't know if you zoomed in on that picture, but his dog is in the background looking out the window being like, why is this old man doing this and not taking me out? It is 75 degrees and sunny. Um, have you, that's like the ultimate divorce dad energy. I, I was surprised to see that because like, Tom, you don't got to do that. Yeah. So I'm going to give Tom Brady some leniency for the next few years. Because we talked about this some last episode. Transitions are hard for everybody. And this is going to be an incredible transition at a non-transition age. Like, it's it's going to be a lot. And it's going to be hard for him. And no one can help you through this. I mean, I guess people can help you through this. But no one can do this transition for you. He's going to have to, like, find a new identity. And part of this process may be taking pictures in your underwear for everyone to see. I, I don't know. So it's funny, but it could it might get worse, Charlie. I'm just saying it might it might get worse. One piece of advice so it doesn't get worse. Tom, keep the underwear on. You don't know who you're sending the pictures to. 
<laughs> uh, that's fair. Don't don't Brett Favre it out here. We can't. Well, that that there's a lot of things that that means, but I think it's safe to say generally, do not Brett Favre for anyone. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash df today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash df. There's one thing, I texted you just a, a blank line that said Super Bowl superlatives. And that was a terrible idea because it's just so broad. But the one thing I do want to ask you about is what do you think is going to be, we talked on Debatable last night, if it's out now and it's good about the storylines through the week. What do you think the most interesting thing could come out of this game being? Um, the most interesting thing to come out of this game. Hmm. It's the quarterbacks, right? Like, I feel like it's either, mm-hmm. either, um, Jalen hurts, like elevates to some incredible level that we haven't seen him in the playoffs yet. And then we have to like, because even though we're talking about him as like, he's one of the best quarterbacks, he's not actually, treated like he is in that class for a number of reasons so i think a big showcase right like that in this situation would force us to to elevate him to mahomes level and then the other thing is if patrick mahomes puts the chiefs on his back and then we have to have these conversations i guess we don't have to have any conversation other than just general appreciation for his greatness and and he's already at this point in his career, we're already having legacy conversations and measuring him against other quarterbacks. Those, I think, uh, are probably the two potential most interesting things that could come out of the Super Bowl. What do you think? So I think Mahomes, to me, no matter what, like he's top five quarterback of all time. I saw Orlovsky's list. I think that's right. I, there's not like he's only going to climb for me over time. I think that Orlovsky had him at two, right? He had him at two. My my personal list, I have him at four right now, but we can get into that another time. It's it's pretty good for five years into his career. He was yeah. gonna probably end up at number one, but um, you know, a lot of a lot of meat left on that bone. So for me, the Jalen Hurts one is I don't think he's gonna get elevated into the Mahomes tier. What I think is gonna happen is I think he's gonna take Josh Allen's corner. I think we mm-hmm. all didn't realize that this is actually the best of I mean, I think Josh Allen right now is a better football player, but this is the best developmental case that we've seen. So we thought another Josh Allen thing was impossible. And like Jalen Hurts has improved more in the last 24 months than any quarterback other than Josh Allen we've really ever seen. And I think we're going to look up and be like, this dude's awesome. And he is just scratching the surface Um, because I feel like a broken record, but this dude is such a smart processing quarterback with command of the offense that all the physical stuff is just going to keep improving. Right. The, um, 
the improvement that he's made, I guess you base it on the type of player he was when he came into the league, but you can push back on who's had the bigger improvement by yeah. pointing out that Jalen Hurts won a Heisman Trophy and played Ooh, at Alabama. Finals. I mean, was a, I'm sorry, was a finalist and played at Alabama in Oklahoma. And, uh, I mean, Josh Allen was not great at Wyoming. So him going from not great at Wyoming to – being one of the best quarterbacks. Anyway, either way, it's probably a pointless um, yeah. debate. I think it's fair to put Jalen Hurts' improvement in that category. And I think I throw out lots of uh, interesting theories, but this reminds me of one that I think is very true, is quarterbacks are developed, and the best thing you can do for a quarterback is put them in a good situation and take the pressure off of him while he's learning and getting better. And Jalen Hurts is the pers- is is the perfect example of that. And having some running ability is Josh Allen's example of that. But if you can put a player and going to get Stefan Diggs, if you can put a player, a highly touted, it doesn't even have to be a top five quarterback, just like a, a quarterback with skills and obviously all the intangible stuff like willing to work hard and smart and whatever, if you can put that guy in a good situation, chances are he's going to develop into a good quarterback. I firmly believe that most of the quarterbacks that we consider busts and failures is in large part because they got a bad start to their career and they can never really recover from that. They were put in a bad situation, bad coaching, bad teammates, bad game plan, or there was too much asked of them and their confidence is ruined and their timeline is ruined all that that's and that goes back to like the beginning of the year i caught heat for saying uh that uh justin Fields should demand a trade but that's what i was i was watching i was like y'all about to y'all about to ruin this man and like we see all this ability you're on the verge of ruining this man in his whole career which is why i stand by anybody who wants to pull the eli manning the john elway where you refuse to go to the team that drafts you i if you have the leverage to do it, more power to you. Because Eli, perfect example. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer now. And I'm not sure that had he gone to a different situation, if the outcome would have been the same. Yeah. And uh, on Justin Fields, I mean, that's something I'm actually looking forward to talking about more because he's the person who looks like they could take a massive leap next yeah. year. Um, if the situation is built out right around around him and like he needs wide receivers, he needs weapons. It can't you think they be- should... um trade the number one pick or draft the D tackle? You know, I thought it was really interesting that they basically leaked it to Albert Breer that they were going to trade the number one pick. And you raised the point that it's like, you got to make Justin Fields as comfortable as possible. But I guess from my perspective, couldn't you just pull him aside and be like, Hey, don't fucking tell anyone, but we're going to trade this pick, but we're going to pretend like we're not. So we can get as many offers as possible. Like um, just to see, just to see how high we can get it. You know what? I, I would. I would. I'm, you know, Jalen Carter, unless you turn into Aaron Donald, um, I'd probably rather have more assets and the ability to trade for people that can help develop my quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Jalen Carter, I mean, Aaron Donald wasn't Aaron Donald in college. Like no one expected him to be that. Jalen Carter could very well be that. And they could trade down and still get Jalen Carter, but it's the risk. I mean, I think you need to build up around them and building up around them is not just offensively. It's also like you take pressure off them by having a good defense. So they don't have to go score for score with everyone. And Jalen, if Jalen, I mean, I'm, I'm of two minds, but I think where I come down on this is 
you have to be humble enough to know that you're you're going to be wrong a lot. So the best thing you can do is to trade back and hopefully pick up a couple more first round picks or a couple more picks in the first couple first three rounds, I guess, and and keep taking shots and and hope that you land one of these guys. But if you feel adamant that Jalen Carter is the type of guy that can be a centerpiece, then it's like, huh. I mean, uh, like it's a, you you would trade all the stuff that you got to get an Aaron Donald, you know, or to to get uh, Chris Jones. And if you think that he can be something like that, which I haven't gotten into my draft prep yet, so I don't know. I don't have an opinion on him yet, but I know everyone thinks he's he's great. Like Fletcher Cox, I think, is the popular comp, which yeah, it's pretty damn good. Also, he looks really cool wearing number 88 and he you know, he carries other human beings in the SEC literally carries them. Um, that's awesome. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So there's only one more here that I really want to want to bring up. And it's a pivot to basketball. We're, this is on Tuesday. You guys no, have heard don't do hours it. and hours don't and do hours. Of, don't do no, it. No, you've heard hours and hours of, of, of Kyrie. I want to ask you, number one, Kevin Durant aficionado. Who, like, we all agree at the bottom, he's a top 15 player of all time. At the top, you can put him anywhere, you know, seven ish. Should he ask for a trade right now before Thursday? Should he leverage them to get out of this situation? Um, I think it's both ways. Should he ask for a trade or should the Nets right. want to trade him? Like, I think a full reset would be smart for everyone, but, um, I guess it depends on where you think you can go and what you think you can get out of it. If what Kevin Durant was after, which it seemed like what he was after was like the credibility that comes with being the air quotes bus driver, which like, I hate all of that, but it, it does feel like Kevin Durant cares about it. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then no, he shouldn't force his way out. If that's all he cares about, it seems like the worst is behind him in Brooklyn. I would think like Harden's gone really stable now. They have a lot of pros. Harden's gone. Kyrie's gone. Whatever distractions you had there, like the worst is behind you in Brooklyn. And right now you're clearly the centerpiece of a team that could potentially play well around you being the the sun at the middle of this solar system. So if I'm Kevin Durant, I don't see the reason for forcing a trade right now because 
where do you force a trade to? You force a trade to someone who's a title contender, then you win a championship, your your finals MVP, and you still have the same you're not the bus driver BS that like people hang on him despite the fact that he was clearly the best player on those Warriors teams. Um so I would say no. And I think if I'm the Nets, I wouldn't be trying to get rid of him either because he's great and great players are hard to come by. And he's also seemingly like emotionally stable. So like, and somewhat logical, logical, and you can build around him. So if he forces his way out, I'm the Nets. I might capitulate, but it doesn't seem like the incentive given everything that's happened recently it doesn't seem it seems like everyone is has put the tough stuff behind them and they're in a in great shape with a great team or well with a good team that has the potential to be great like we can't forget that a team with Kevin Durant at the centerpiece of it with Harden and Kyrie Hurt were still incredibly competitive in yeah. the playoffs a few years ago that's the that's the um the KD big toe shot yeah from knocking off the eventual champs, the Bucks. Yeah, and you know, I agree. I think you could you could game it out that if you're Kevin Durant, if you can somehow force a trade by Thursday, teams won't have scrounged together the assets and the packages that they will over the summer. And you could end up in a really good situation where you haven't depleted the cupboard around you, which might happen if this is a longer-term negotiation over the summer. On the other end... I'm with you. I think he cares. He's pretty authentic. It's one of the best things about Kevin Durant. And I think he wants to be in a situation that's his. I think, you know, he left Gold- He left Golden State, left the best team of all time to do this. And now he has a bunch of professional basketball players on the team, plus Ben Simmons. And it's got a lot of 2011 Mavericks vibes, though. But like, seriously, like when, when Kevin Durant was playing great that year and they lost to the Bucks. Nick Claxton wasn't second in the defensive player of the year odds. You know, they didn't have Seth Curry yet. Um, Seth Curry, who's now going to be useful again because he's not another small guard around Kyrie. Um, this is an interesting, this is a really interesting team. And the East, we pretend is not wide open, but it it is much more wide open. The Bucs haven't been good for most of the year. We don't, come on, we don't trust Embiid and Hart in the playoffs. Uh, you don't. I mean, do you? Yeah, I'm not willing to go that far. And the Celtics, who are the clear, seem to be the clear best team in the conference, Stephen A. Smith is already being like, don't rule out them offering Jalen Brown for, for Kevin Durant. It's like, oh, cool. You're going to try, you're going to undermine the team that's been the best team in the NBA this season? Let's see how that goes. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Hopefully, KD stays put. Um, you're right. Those were good topics. Yeah. Appreciate you, Charlie. Yeah, that was that was better than I thought. All right. On to Roses and Thorns. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Roses no, and Thorns. I didn't say it. I just didn't say it. I just said Roses and Thorns with Ashley. I appreciate the sweatshirt. I didn't know. I should have worn my sweatshirt too. It's pre-V-Day week, guys. I celebrate V-Day. That's in Celebrate everything. Day. I celebrate everything. But I celebrate it like starting, normally starting like two weeks ago, but I'm just trying to get into the into the spirit now. So I mentioned I got sweatshirts printed before. 
Don't worry. I have plenty of more stuff to wear throughout the week. Like, but this one is a pink sweatshirt and it has a sweetheart on it that says Dominique inside because he's just my heart, you know. I have one too that um was ordered for me. One of my awesome gifts. Is it weird that I got it for you with my own name? Uh, no, it's uh, uh, maybe it will be weird for somebody else, but it's not weird for you. So I'm not sure. I thought we were done doing roses and thorns because we had kind of that that um premise had run its course. But I understand you have roses and thorns. You also have, like I feel like you got a lot to talk about. I'm a rule follower. The segment is still called roses and thorns. You didn't you just start saying this called roses and thorns? No, we can still call it roses and thorns because you are the rose in our relationship and I am the oh, thorn. Oh, that is so cute. You are not, though. Actually, my rose for you, if I were to have one this week, it would be, and it's like just totally like, I'm not pulling it up, forcing it. It's very legitimate that you are so much better at all of our kids, well, particularly our oldest two with our youngest. We don't really have to do this yet, but at giving them like pep talks and like knowing the right things to say to them at the right time. And it's ironic because you sometimes say that like, I'm better socially than you are, which is probably true, but true in some ways, excuse me, at least surface level socially or more than surface. But like you, I think just really know even though they're my children, I know them well, I love them. When I'm in a moment where like I'm frustrated with them or where I where they're having trouble, I don't always know the exact way to communicate what they need to hear to them, you know, like whether it's they need some tough love right now or they need um or they need just really gentleness or like an example of kindness and calm. You're better at that than I am. And you're really, really good at it. You you're with them a lot more often than I am. And I, I have you notice, no patience, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's not that you don't have any patience, it's that they tax your patience. And oftentimes I know the examples that you're talking about this weekend. Um, I can think of them. And I had the advantage of getting tagged in. It's a lot easier when you're tagged in from the sideline of an emotional yeah, situation. Yeah, no, not when we were outside playing basketball with the older two and like uh, new to like give Declan the like like positive encouragement to keep going. Yeah. And you knew that Avery could benefit from roughing, not roughing her up, we don't rough up yeah, her, like her. but from some tough love and throwing the ball at her a little harder and trash talk. Like, and I never, I was like, you're right. That is consistently true of them, that the trash talk, even though Declan loves to give the trash talk, the trash talk doesn't always inspire him to do better. Um, whereas with Avery, even though she's so like gentle in some ways and so sweet and kind, the trash talk actually you know, motivates her. So, and it's honestly something that like, once you said it, I was like, oh, duh. But I still I, haven't figured out how to coach Avery though. Like, I, I mean, I don't really coach any, well, not really, like li literally, I refuse to be a coach of any of their teams, but like, I'm a good athlete. So like, you would think that they would come to me and seek some advice, but they do not. And Avery actively shuts down if I tell her anything. Like, she's good at things, but she actively shuts down. So I have to like, get her to realize her own like coaching. Like I started, she shoots beelines at the hoop and it's like, you got to put some air under it. Like you have a better chance of hitting it. Like it's basic geometry. So like, I just started putting my hands up real high and making her shoot over me. Cause when I told her like put some air under it, she looked at me like I was stupid and started like throwing it even lower. And I was like, okay. But Declan like actually surprisingly counter to like what his personality tends to be. He actually is like open to coaching, direct coaching, as, as long as he gets results, though. I mean, when it comes to sports, at least. Except for it was like just the other day where you were working with him on, we're not working with him, y'all just playing catch. And you gave him a point about something about like, I don't, I'm going to get it wrong. It was something about catching it over the shoulder. And you were like, oh, see yeah, yeah. when you, he was like, mm, 
important. Yeah, that's <laughs> Let me true. show you how that to catch true. over the that shoulder. Yeah. Um, and shoot, you wouldn't know you play defense. Y'all know how to catch over the shoulder. What can you teach him? Speaking of, we were talking about basketball at first. Both of our kids, the little boy is his first year since like kindergarten playing basketball this year. And if you ask him, like, like my parents ask him, hey, Dad, what position are you playing in basketball this year? He literally says defense. Like, he thinks that, like, you can just go out and play defense. And Avery now, too, she's getting kind of, like, scared to shoot it more so um, than she used to be. So now she's like, I just really like being good at defense. I feel like that makes you proud that they value defense. So oh, yeah. Much. I mean, they're both, like, really good athletes. So, like, that that helps when you can stay in front of most kids. But um, Beck actually – he didn't hit his shots, but he took some good shots last week because he normally doesn't want to shoot. But after we practiced shooting, he like got up some really good shots. I was proud of him. And he had a a, um, a very impressive soccer game. So they've had, I don't know, like four soccer games this year. Um, and he scored yeah, he one goal. Playing soccer. He hadn't played soccer since first grade. He scored one goal and he tends to want to play goalie. He scored one goal in all four of the games. And this one, the fifth game, he scored four goals and they didn't let him play goalie. And of course, being the consummate entertainer that he is, he did airplane after three of the goals. Um, and after one of the goals, he went over to the ref and offered the ref a high five with a big smile on his face. Of course, the ref like threatened to yellow card him and Declan decided that that was the funniest thing ever and ran back. And I was all the parents cracking up. I'm embarrassed. I mean, I guess I can't be embarrassed anymore because I'm not surprised by it. But it's like he, he his defense was I'm out there to have fun. And like, I can't push back against that. Like, I, I actually respect that. <laughs> so this weekend, guys, we decided to, me decided to expose my children to the important cultural phenomenon of homie the clown. Um, mm -hmm. And Declan really loved homie the clown. He was like into these. I was like, hey, mom, he loved Martin too. Now. We yeah. watched, we watched Martin last week. Also, we watched uh, Ace Ventura. And I don't know if we talked about when we watched Clueless with the girls uh, and how it's like, you think Clueless, you don't think it's like inappropriate, but like things that were okay for us to laugh at and talk about um, back then are not now. And Ace Ventura, I forgot that the whole premise of like the main joke of the whole movie is like uh, a man transitioned and it's just like a laugh riot, how ridiculous it is. And like, oh my gosh, they kissed. And it's like the, and all the jokes. Liberal, though. So yeah, was like, yeah. that part was lost for him, the comedy there. He's like, ah. People do that. Yeah, it's like it's not. That's it's funny though to look at it with kids who are like growing up now and like act, are um exposed to like uh, a lot more yeah liberal or progressive um, worldview. It's so interesting watching them like either get the jokes or not appreciate the jokes. Oh, my daughter has been wanting to see white chicks too, so we watch white chicks. We had just a cultural immersion, just really growth. great parenting going on over here. <laughs> and the one we're saying is inappropriate is Ace Ventura, not homie, not Martin. Yeah. I mean Ace Ventura was it was definitely the most inappropriate. <laughs> it yeah. was, but he was um, dying. Like the parts other than that part. Martin wasn't really I mean Martin is not really I can't I mean I haven't seen it all. I guess uh, but the episodes that we watched, it was like, yeah, it's just silliness. It was nothing that was just like culturally insensitive. But I think that's probably the most recent. And I guess White Chicks was more recent. Uh, and that was whew, so how stuff. I started on this, though, was I was like how we exposed him to this. Do we need to get like a highlight reel of all of Ocho Cinco's best antics and expose Zach into it as part of his cultural education? <laughs> <laughs> it would give him even more, more fire for his game. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, 
He is an entertainer. I remember all his his football celebrations. I'm happy like he got good at football because he was not good and was still having a bunch of fun like a few yeah. years ago. And now, and to be like, clear, it's not because he cares about his kids being good athletes. I'm sorry, I just want to. It's not like you care. Like I want my son to be like. Oh no no no! I don't, I don't care. Good. That's not. Why. I don't care at all. I'd honestly rather him not play football. But um, <laughs> uh, and we only play flag now. But like it's all, yeah. It's like you're gonna back it up. I can't stop you from doing it. Cause like it's nothing that's egregious, but like back it up. And I, I remember like growing, not growing up, but when I was playing in the league, I would listen to people complain about how the players setting a bad example by doing certain things. And my response always was like, "Be a parent." And now I kind of understand, like, yeah, but he doesn't I, even necessarily. Other than the gritty, he loves. To yeah, 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 no, no. Other I just mean that, like learn behaviors that's, from watching that's the thing people. it's like none of it it's not taunting oh so sequel probably doing that stuff when he was except laughing. for that one that one game he was really taunty because those guys bullied him and and um and camp and i was i was proud of that taunting honestly he had, he went to one football camp and he went to two football camps last year and he's got a few differences and, and the kids were giving him a hard time and so about things about yeah. the things that are in and he um, hated that camp. And then he played those two, played those two kids in the regular season and went off for like three touchdowns and interception. And the whole time he popping. And I was like, I was kind of hype. Honestly, it's the only time they ended up losing that game, but I could care less. I was like, yeah, tell, like, tell them little kids. Camp, like crying in the bathroom stall. So like, yeah. I was fine with his talk that day. Um, yeah. But, but yes, generally we're working on it, but we're not because I'm about to put a Ocho Cinco highlight reel together for him so he can get some new tricks <laughs> and he'll be ready. I love it. He would be, he'd be a leading scorer of basketball if he could just get a layup because he gets like six steals a game, fast breaks, boom. Off but half the time, he just gets there and he's like, oh my God, now I have the ball. Yeah, pass it to one of the kids that actually wants to shoot. Uh, anyway, what else you got? Or oh, you want to call it now and say No, I no, have something good. that I thought of last week. And this is actually, I'm going to put you on the spot. I feel bad because I should have warned you about this so you could, I could at least know. Are you familiar with the Love Languages book? I'm familiar with it. I, I Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. familiar with it. I like it as a concept. Okay, good. You're, that's all you do is know the concept. If I'm honest, I've never read it, which is another thing. I feel like we start reading books together. Like maybe this is where we start. Um, not that I feel like we need it, but when we talked last week about showing up, how like I felt bad about times I didn't show up for you and you didn't show up for me and like you wouldn't feel bad about that and you didn't think that anything was wrong with it when I didn't. But anyway, so it made me think about love languages. So afterwards, I went online. Really, I went online to order the book, even though I think we have it somewhere in the house. Did I order the book? No. Should I have? Do I need to read more? Yes. But I didn't order the book. Instead, I did a test, a quiz. Like, what is your love language? I was actually a bit surprised by mine, um, by what the quiz said it was. And I could, I feel like I might have been, well, I think actually the results weren't like borderline. I think it was my phone. I'm going to look them up so I can try to guess what what the potential love languages are because like i think it's a good concept i can tell you what the different ones are no, okay go ahead quality time physical mm -hmm. touch words of affirmation acts of service or receiving gifts oh that's it it's only a few okay well um what about six all of the above <sighs> well i really was having trouble I actually was borderline between two of them now that I now that I look more closely. And I was honestly um close on a lot of them. Um I know what mine is. Like 
I think you'd you be know pretty. Without, you know because you took the quiz. I'm sorry. No, no, not because I took the quiz. Like, anyway, I think it's a, a good concept generally for all relationships, like work relationships, like understanding how to communicate with somebody, father to child relationships. It's like knowing what you're communicating to them. And, and I think, honestly, more importantly, is understanding that what you think you're communicating is not always what you're communicating by doing certain things. But I feel like mine is acts of service. Like, I'm never more happy than when um there's some sort of act of service for me from you i was thinking that too um taking care of out there sorry um i was thinking that too however and this is something that pisses me off because i think that i we can call this the thorn today let's just call it the thorn um when i try to do stuff for you like, if I, like, if you see me, like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to get the kids right now. I'm making breakfast. Let me make you some. And you are, like, you fight it so much. And it really annoys me because, and I know those are small things, and so maybe it's just that those aren't the things that you want. And certainly I do other things for you. But, like, but sometimes I feel like so often when I try to do things for you, you, like, rebuff it. And so, which really kind of got me annoyed when I was thinking about this earlier in the week or last week, I guess it was. I was, like, because I really feel like access services is his. But he don't let me do them sometimes or a lot of the time. Like, so I have to like secretly do things for you because you're always so like, no, you have enough to do with the kids. Like, I got this. But, like, I want to do things for you as a way of showing you even a small thing, like making you breakfast as a way of showing you that I love you because I do believe that, you know, you are an active service person, but you don't let me sometimes. So that really frustrated me. All right. I'll let you do more things. I think honestly, it's more about like, and this might make me seem like a, an but it's more about sacrifice than anything it's like it's less so like you're making breakfast so you're gonna make me some breakfast too does not feel like an act Sometimes of service I make you breakfast when i'm not even making me breakfast. right i know i know and like you're making me breakfast it, it like to me it feels like a burden especially if you're not making it so like it feels uh well then it's a sacrifice there you go i'm sacrificing. yeah yeah but i feel like an asshole and i think um the the acts of service I don't know. Maybe. All right. I'll do better. I thought you were saying you, you liked acts of service because or the reason you think it's your love language is because sacrifice is so. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's like it's it's an it's an expression. It's a true expression that like, I, I mean, you can tell me you love me all you want, but like um, taking all the kids out to go ice skating so I can have the thing that I love more than anything is alone time. It is, like, it is his favorite thing. And when you do stuff like that, I'm like, God damn, she loves I went to sleep in the guest room last night, guys, because I had my little, I'm much better. My cold is healed. I'm on an inhaler. But when I first yeah. lay down at night, I coughed some. And he had gone to bed early. And I could tell I woke him up. And it was kind of bothering him. And I said, you know what? There's a really comfortable guest room bed upstairs. I'm just going to go upstairs so I'm not feeling bad about coughing. Did that count as active service or did it not count? Because I already woke you up and you couldn't get back to sleep. Um, At the moment, it didn't count for sure. Because you had already woken me up yeah, and I was kind so, of annoyed. Really my thorn, how mean you are when you're woken up. <sighs> mean. But then uh, this morning, I appreciated it. So thank you. So what did it say your love language was so I can know? You have to guess. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's hard to pick. I would. I feel like you would. Uh, gifts is not it. See, me too. And I was so happy with that. That actually was my last one. Like my lowest. Uh, I mean, you don't actually care about gifts because you buy yourself all the you want anyway no, so like, Dominique, no you don't care about gifts that, and like, like no i mean you you like because you're up. saying it just like in a way where i still and so like i don't think that 
like buying you something expensive or buying you something fancy or i mean even like something small i guess if it was really thoughtful you would appreciate it but that doesn't feel like yeah and a I gift do appreciate them. Don't get me wrong oh, yeah, you I always appreciate it. it but it doesn't feel like you're never like oh my god it's, it's all, like yeah yeah it's nothing i could i don't i mean even if i could buy you something that you really really never could have thought of or wanted i don't think you would feel that way um physical touch is one is in the running for sure um Acts of service, I wouldn't put up there. Words of affirmation is up there. Um, quality time is up there. You said you were surprised. Well, I'm not going to try to guess what you got. I'll say which one I would think it is. I think it's not words of affirmation. I think it's physical touch. That was close. It's quality time. And ah, damn. That's what I got it down in those two. It, out. it kept like asking, like, would you rather be holding his hand in public or just like have time with him would you rather like so it was like it was really had trouble trying to figure out like would you rather be physically intimate or and i mean some of them honestly i was going back and forth like it was real hard for it to sort out because i really like i think i i think i went with physical touch in part because it's one of the hardest things for me personally like i don't really love cuddling i don't really like holding hands and like it because of that i know that you really value it even more because it like feels like some sort of a uh, sacrifice for me so that's probably why i went with there because quality time is up there but you know what's interesting too and, and so i'll wrap up that part so i was thinking of all these like like since it's only been a month but i've had a cold most of this year i would say or like or just the first weekend of the year we just didn't go out because we were so like we went out new year's eve and then we kind of were just in the playoffs so like we were just on he has this really big comfortable like love sex sectional bed couch thing in the basement where he is right now, where he watches football games and stuff, his medium room. We just spent all our weekends other than at kids sports games laying on that and cuddling. So when I was thinking of quality time, like I was like, yes, like that has been, I love that more than anything. Or like even the times like where, and you know, I haven't much of a traveler, but when I can get like in it, I saw one-on-one time, one-on-one time with you, like if it's a staycation or if it's like kids are to sleep over, like those are some of my favorite times. So, so once I saw it, it made sense to me, but I was kind of surprised at first because yeah. I was thinking it was I guess something else. Love languages change some because I do appreciate quality time a lot more than I used to. But still. Me too. And that's what I was thinking. And I think they change and like we adapt to each other in some ways. Like, like I probably Or you don't, and then you get a divorce. So uh, I guess we got we better keep adapting. I value touch sometimes more now, but at the same time, like it's not I'm like, ew, I see what he means. You get really hot when you're cuddling for too long. This is miserable. So when I when I said touch. When I said touch, and we can end it on this point because you're going to get uncomfortable. When I said touch, what Watch I was me thinking not get of, uncomfortable. Look at my face. Go ahead. What I was thinking of was, um, like, Max and passing. It's just I like love, I love, I love Max and passing. Yeah, it's like it's not as a part of anything. Uh, and it's here's just like, honestly the main reasons because I don't have much. Of a just butt. walking by, as I just I'm walking like, by, tap tap, little butt. and Thank I know you. that you you appreciate it. It's, it's, I mean, I wouldn't consider it little, but Thank anyway, you. because I've gained some weight. More to love. All right. More to love. <laughs> exactly. You. All right. I love you. I love you too. Happy pre-V day. We're next segment. Normally I'm like, I don't know if we'll be back next week. We will be back next week because it'll be Valentine's Day. And he better wear one of his Valentine's Day outfits. I will, wear, I, I will wear them both. All right. Bye, Ashley. I love you. Thank you. Appreciate you, Christina Buslow, Adi Khan, Sarah Abbott, and Charlie too. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.